Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scumbags, this is the Scummy Mummies Podcast, with your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast, it's me, Helen Thorne. And it is me, Ellie Gibson. And I am so thrilled, Ellie, because we have the wonderful, the delightful, the incredibly talented, Nadia Shireen. Hello. Oh, hello. That was lovely. Uh, yes. Well, you are lovely. I and don't know that. <laughs> Well, let's just pretend. <laughs> I'm reserving judgment, but yeah, yes, I like, yeah, I like to. I'll be the judge of that. Thank you. Oh, it's like a test now. I'm worried. Oh my god! No, I'm so thrilled because I've been a fan of yours for a very long time, and and now you've moved down to Brighton. I thought, yeah, who can we have on the podcast who's wonderful and fabulous and available and local? It is not easy. <laughs> I love that you feel the need to talk the guests through our thought process of inviting them on. It's really nice. Behind the curtain for yeah. you. Yeah, I like yes. it. Yes. So tell us about you. Hi. Maybe introduce yourself. Well, I'm a picture book author and illustrator. And even though now I do middle grade books, which is kind of like age seven plus, I guess. Oh, readers. Whenever your kid, whenever your kid has grown out, thinks they've grown out of picture books. They, they will move on to middle grade and that's what I am now doing ah. so I yeah I write stories and draw pictures of animals generally mm-hmm. people sometimes and, and that's me and they're fun and they're funny books as well they're, they're, they're so. infused with humour yeah I hope so because I, I mean there are lots of look there are many different types of kids and many different types of books out there um, and there are lots of great books about serious issues and emotional issues mine are not those books mine are quite silly but that's fun. all I want to do is just make it entertain a small reader and entertain myself mm. so that's that's what I'd go for yes now we always like to start the podcast by saying tell us about your family so who is in your family who lives in your house Nadia so in my house it's me it's my eight-year-old boy and two cats um, called Elmo and Cookie Monster who they've been living with me for five years they still look like they are they look like you know cats in like RSPCA adverts yes who look like they've been beaten yeah um, they look like that even when I'm giving them dreamies they're always like oh don't beat me I'm like I've, I've had you since you were kittens <laughs> right Why so they still look, look like me? they need to be rescued yeah yeah even though I give them nothing but love they won't let me pick them up they will allow me to stroke them with my foot Oh, it's a right. foot only situation. Are they fetishists? Is that, is that maybe? <laughs> sound very aloof. <laughs> they are aloof. But yeah. I mean, they're, they're cats, I guess. But I'm sad they're not more malleable. 
Mm. They do sort of sound like the opposite cats. of your cats, I have to say. My cats are very affectionate, incredibly Aww. fat. And you, when you pick them up, my neighbours say their bones disappear. <laughs> they just kind of... <laughs> and Fozzie, the, the eldest, um, named after a Muppet. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're going with that kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day I was texting saying, oh, can someone feed the cats? Because I was away here in Brighton. And my neighbour said, oh, well, he's come to my house and eaten Molly's food. <laughs> and then Alice, my other neighbour, said, oh, but he's been to Marmalade's house and eaten Marmalade's food. And I was like, why is my cat so fat? I because think, he's eating all of the food. Yes, I think my, I think Elmo, the boy, mm. my boy cat, does the same. Yeah. he's. I don't want to shame him, but he's looking a bit, big boned at the moment yeah he's no. got a little bit of a pouch going on <laughs> have you thought of dying in black just to make it a bit more slimming yeah, yeah. That's, May, that's an idea yeah. Yeah. Oh, he'd love that colour him in with a sharpie yeah is, I'm, stuck with, them. I'm yeah. stuck with them now and I do love them mm. I do love them but they're they're aloof they don't give me much back oh, I wonder my. how healthy that is for me yeah you know I think uh, next round next mm. time we get cats I'll get you I'll get you my number of my, my man my kitten man have you got a kitten man yeah he's so good dealer uh, she's got a dealer yeah, yeah he's in Forest Hill he's like oh he's nice isn't he he's nice he comes over with like this crate of kittens yeah it's lovely and just like pulls them up and you have oh got some lovely uh, I'm trying to think of breeds of cat now I can't oh pretty short here nice nice these cats have got some DVDs and some Chinese cigarettes in the van I can get them if you like do your deal do your deal sounds good hook me up with your cat man yeah absolutely but yeah no, I was never a cat person I was always like scratchy aloof da 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 and then I got them like I love them so much. Oh, well, I've been I talking about them. getting a dog for a long time, but I'd get close to it and then I'd go, oh, I'm too tired. Mm. So much work. Too and when people say, oh, I can't leave them for more than four hours, oh, I was yeah. like, no, that's not going to fit in with my lifestyle. No, 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 it's a problem, isn't it? So I don't know, maybe that's going to be a bit later. Mm. I, I'm not a cat person. I did have a cat growing up uh, called Peckham and then Peckham. she died. I did love her very much. But then she died and then my parents got a dog when I was a bit older. But um, I'm, not, I'm not a cat person. And yet, this is the other reason cats are bastards they they like me or do oh. they like me they are they, they love are people I'm a that cat don't magnet. like them I'm yep. a fucking cat I think magnet. you're a cat did someone who, who was it who said that you're a cat we had someone on the podcast they said oh Helen you're a dog and Ellie you're oh, a cat I have this conversation dog with energy. my friends I yeah. have this conversation with my friends and I am a dog yeah dog energy oh. but a cat yeah cats just kind of but actual cats love cats love human cats Mm. Yeah, because they go up to Ellie. My cat scratched Ellie the other day because he wanted food. I thought, don't scratch. She's not into you. She's not. not, It it actually dug its claws into my knee, (laughs) and I was like. That's yep. affection. Not a cat person. No. That's affection when they do that. But Helen, are you like you me? Sound are you like you're in an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you talking well, about? That's how he expresses bit. his love for me. <laughs> <laughs> these are yeah, these are like love bites. Oh. <laughs> Red scratches down. Oh the arm. dear. Anyway, anyway. Cat chat done. <laughs> There we go. Oh. oh my god! So you live with your son, and it's just you. Yes, two. So you're, you're a single two. parent, and how long yeah. have you been a single parent? About four years. And how's that going? Are you enjoying it? It's uh, yeah. Am <laughs> I enjoying it? How fun is single parenting, it's, Nadia? It's what it is. Well, I should say because I don't know what the right term is. I mean, I have a good co-parenting relationship. Awesome. Um, which is a massive thing, and I think is a huge distinction actually between people like me who are I'm divorced and I, I co-parent happily uh, with my ex uh, and it's a different you know I'd, I'd hate for someone who doesn't have that support to be 
listening and <laughs> she's not a sendle mum mm. i don't know what the term is is there a different is it it says you say if sole you parent or? you co-parent it's whatever you want really um uh, the definition is if you have your child more than half the time then you're right. a single parent so if you've got okay. them four days a week well, then, or yeah, five days a week I then am. you're a single parent because you're doing the, the you're doing the bulk. the lion's share of yeah of that. and i like using the term single parent because because it has been so demonized right it and really that, has and yeah. that's why i want to kind of use it as much as possible because yeah. it was like oh she a single mom I'm like yes I am a single mom and right. I'm doing twice the work and I'm I'm earning money and all that yeah, sort of stuff yeah, yeah. so I think that's why I use the term but uh, people I said like no you're an independent mom but the other day someone said no you're not a single parent you're a double parent because okay. you do two jobs right. oh, uh, at the same time and I thought I like that yeah, yeah 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 no it's not I mean you're you're really right there's obviously there is a really natural stigma to single parent in the same way there is to divorce you wouldn't think that would be the case but but mm. there has been and maybe I don't know it's my background as well um I'm you know of Asian I'm British Asian Pakistani descent so there's I think a bit more oh who's that oh we're in Brighton we're in Brighton all sorts of wacky it's party time it's all the time it's a clown cars just gone past <laughs> um so you know that the kind of divorce there's a bit of an old-fashioned kind of stigma about those things Lind is a bit longer I think mm. in certain cultures maybe uh, and you're right um, it can be it should be joyful really mm. I, I feel I don't feel beleaguered no I feel really happy yeah but did it did it start out like that or has it taken you a while to kind of get to that point definitely or? taken me a while because I'm not I'm learning I'm 40 gonna be 43 so I feel quite late in life I'm learning about being by myself Mm. and being on my own and that not being a panicky thing or a worrying thing or a problem I need to fix and it's definitely taken me time Mm. to kind of go actually no this is a great thing and and I'm actually enriching myself I mean I have to say yeah it's been slow progress I can't pretend this all happened overnight you know if you chatted to me four years ago we'd be having a very different conversation I think Mm. Mm. No, that sounds good. And so, um, what was going to say? So, yeah, getting back to your earlier life, then, because mm. um, obviously your early life has in- influenced how you, what you do now and everything. So, yeah, can you tell massively. us about? Can you tell us about little Nadia? Little who was, Nadia. Who was little Nadia? Well, little Nadia was quite similar to big Nadia, really. Uh, she was very quiet. So, I grew up in a place called Wellington in Shropshire, near Telford. If any of your listeners were taken on a school trip to the Iron Bridge. Uh, that is where, uh, not too far from there. Is it the home of the boots or the pastry encrusted beef dish? No, it's not. No relation to either of those things? It's not, I'm afraid, no. Disappointing. Disappointing, I don't Mm. know what to tell you. Philip Larkin was a librarian there for a while and Carol Decker from (gasps) Tapau is from there. I love Tapau. These are the two cultural... Philip Larkin wrote the lyrics for China in my He hand. did, nobody he knows did. that, nobody knows do that. they? It's, it's a very good pub quiz question. That. Oh, I'd <laughs> love to hear Philip Larkin now reciting the lyrics for China <laughs> I'd like to hear Carol Decker do an album of Philip Larkin poems <laughs> read aloud. Would you though? What a collab, what a collab that would be. That would put Wellington on the bloody map, wouldn't it? Maybe I'm going to suggest this to the Lord Mayor of Wellington. Yeah. (laughs) Don't know who that is. Never mind Carol Decker. She'll do whatever the mayor says. You don't Mm. need to ask her. And do you know what? Little Nadia would have been thinking similar along these lines. Like, where is Carol Decker? (laughs) Because I was obsessed with... I was very quiet, quiet, skinny, brown child with... Weirdly, I have I've got like curly hair. When I was younger, it was very Afro-y. I say weirdly because I'm from an Indian-Pakistani family. So there was no history of this hair in the family. Wow. Your thick, straight, dark hair. 
and then I pop along and they're like, who's, who's this clown? Who's, who's, uh, think, who's Lionel Richie who's, here? Who's been having a go at the milkman? What's going know, on? Exactly. Oh. My dad had a slight hint to his hair. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's where we, we, we trace it back to. So I was just very, sh- but I was very shy of my hair. I was very shy of being the only brown child apart from my brother, as far as the eye could see. And so, were you conscious of that then, growing up? Was, was it definitely the only brown person in the village? Situation? I was not conscious. It, it's funny. You're completely unconscious of it, mm. or I was, until people make you conscious of it, and then slowly over the years you go, oh. But it's a drip, drip. It's a drip thing. Mm. Like I remember someone a kid pushing me in a pile of dog shit at my at my first school saying oh you look like mr t you're brown like mr t and kind of pushing me in this dog poo and my overriding memory is thinking well that's ridiculous i look nothing like mr t he's a very large muscly man with a beard and moustache i am a slight five-year-old child and i just remember not feeling necessarily upset but feeling baffled yeah that's that's completely wrong i was just baffled and i remember then having my hands washed with a teacher but the teacher being quite peeved about it like the teacher like now thank god that would be treated in a completely different way Mm. but back then it was just like oh honestly what an inconvenience (laughs) i don't even think they told my parents i mean can you imagine but so it was and I'm not trying to say I had, I had a childhood of great hardship or, or, or racism. Thankfully, I didn't. My dad was um, a GP. So we were kind of aspirational immigrant working class. My, you know, by which I mean my parents hadn't learned that it's not middle class to want things. Because mm. that's a very middle class thing, isn't it? Sort of going, oh, well, you know, we'd never send our kids to private school or we'd never be buy a flashy large telly and my parents hadn't learned that <laughs> so they were just you know unashamedly aspirational uh, immigrant parents um but it was an odd place to grow up i guess yeah there wasn't a big asian community and i was very much aware i became aware that i didn't quite fit in in the same way with mm. the kids around me i didn't have the same cultural touchstones yeah. they'd like go and play tennis and stuff with their families or go on caravan holidays I was like what what, what are you saying I don't understand <laughs> so you, but th- that's the same for many immigrant families I think there's you know the world inside your house is bilingual there's different food going around there's different cultural stuff going on and then outside your house there's this other stuff so you're in the middle trying to piece it all together but mm. that can be joyful yeah yeah it can be stressful but mm. as I've got older I've, I've learned to look at that as a joyful thing and yeah. a rich thing but you know as an angsty teenager I was like oh my god where do I belong <laughs> yeah I and I yeah. guess maybe in the A team I don't know <laughs> maybe maybe that girl was right <laughs> I'm going to drink this milk before I sleep <laughs> I'm on a helicopter oh these necklaces are so heavy <laughs> So were you always arty as a, as a child? Oh, yeah, always, yeah, yeah, I used to quietly. So, so you know, little Nadia, uh, even the Nadia of now, uh, my favourite things. Oh, God, they found me. There's too yeah. much going on in Brighton. <laughs> Everyone just chill out. Oh, yes, no, start building a road, good. Yeah, um, yeah so I was always arty. Um, I would like to doodle in sketchbooks or on newspapers or any paper that came to hand. I'm still the same, really. So Nadia's favourite hobby would be like, watching Top of the Pops, listening to ABBA or the Beatles or the Pet Shop Boys and drawing very much the same now. 
Yeah. If I'm honest, not yeah. much has changed. Because you were like that, weren't you? You said you used to like drawing comic-y kind of things. As yeah, a child. I did lots of comics and, and yeah. yeah. And I, if, if, if this is what you meant, my music taste, I've realised, also has not really evolved. No. The rest of my my taste, like my taste in food has expanded. Yeah. My I do read different books, watch different things on telly, but I haven't really listened to any of the modern music, <laughs> modern music, <laughs> contemporary music for about 15 years. We're going to see Steps with her on Saturday night, and I'm is so that quite excited. edgy? Ah, oh, for me. <laughs> oh, with with the support of Sophie Ellis Bexter thank you oh, very come much on. that's going to be a good night that is, dream. that is just old women and gays and yes. that's our favourite kind of crowd that'll be a nice quiet night for you yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be lovely we're going to get my jeans the... and a nice top on like it's 2002 we're going to have a lovely time can I be honest and say I was never a big Steps fan I'm sorry that's I can't okay, lie okay. about it but one thing about Steps that I find interesting I used to we'll, we'll talk about this later maybe but I worked briefly at Smash Hits magazine not that briefly actually about three years um, and H from Steps if any photo of steps he's always pointing and sticking his tongue out oh wow well, that's that's half an hour of googling i've got to do later yeah, no, thank do, you do it's an h from steps thing it's like he cannot not have his tongue out or he's always pointing it's like just don't do those things just, <laughs> maybe that's his signature look look i wish him no ill <laughs> if you're listening h <laughs> When I see him on Saturday night, I shall tell him. I said, I met the children's author, Nadia, the other day, and she's asked me to stop pointing. She doesn't like your signature look, Oh, Oh, no. Put your hands down, H. Yes. Maybe I should adopt his signature look. (laughs) More pointing. I'm going to start doing that now. Um, But, yeah, yeah, so let's talk about Smash It, seeing as you've mentioned it. So were you a writer at Smash It? I wish. No, I was a a sub-editor. Ah. So I got into magazines, came down to London in 2001 uh, with a dream, with five quid in my pocket and a head for the dreams well not actually anyway um, and I thought oh, I want to try and get into magazines but it was difficult to do that if you were, didn't have like mates that worked in magazines or if you're like daddy didn't like own the company or something so it's quite tricky um, so I just worked for free for months and months and months on various magazines and then I answered a, a, a ad in the paper and went to the smash it's interview and the benefit here of being a nerdy, nerdy, nerdy kid, and let's face it, a nerdy adult, is that I don't throw away a lot. I've got lots of stuff hoarded. And I went for my Smash Hits interview, armed with a 1986 copy of Smash Hits, where Neil Tennant of the Pet Shop Boys goes back to become editor for the day. And they do like a timeline of his day working in the office. And I'm like, this is why I want to work here. Because ever since I saw this, I've dreamed of working for you. And I think the, I think the people who interviewed me were so alarmed <laughs> that I kept this magazine for like 16 years. They were like, get her in or I'll, I'll call the police. Yeah, yeah. she's already institutionalised. <laughs> yeah. This is it. We've she got goes, two yeah. options. She's too nerdy to be on drugs or a liability. She's going to do the work. I think that's why they got me in, because yeah. they were essentially worried for me. Yeah. <laughs> I got the job for shelter Nadia (laughs) we'll look after you yes they were like come here my child (laughs) so I did and it was great and I was a sub-editor so I had you know I was helping put the magazine together uh, doing the lyrics like checking the lyrics checking the black eyed peas sand what we printed that they sang (laughs) and generally doing the funny headlines and you know editing lots and lots of editing but it was great I loved it it was like a crash. We were all in our early 20s. Did you have like famous pop stars popping in into the office, pointing at Bless things, them. sticking their tongues out, that sort of thing? Were you, we did, yeah. Were you working with Kate Thornton at the time? No, I was post-Thornton. Okay, yeah. So the editor was Lisa Smazarski when I joined, yeah. who's now the editor of Stylist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we would always have pop stars either at the beginning 
little tadpole, ho- hopeful tadpoles. So we had like McFly came in and did a little dance by the printers. <laughs> Sorry. So you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> or we had them when they were properly down the dumper. Yeah. And there was like a revival was needed. Yeah. So I met Mark Owen, shuffled round. He was really sweet. He was, this is before Take That reformed. So he was properly down the dumper. He'd, he'd, um, he was releasing his nuclear war single for Second Warning. Have you heard this? No. It's a tune, to be fair. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> remember that. Four yeah, yeah. minutes left to go. That's my Mark Owen impression. <laughs> because if Apocalypse was impending, that's who I'd want to sing me into. Yeah. It. Much like Hasselhoff astride the Berlin Wall when it came down. You need these great figures at this moment in history to lead the way for humanity. Yeah. I think Mark Owen would be absolutely ideal. Do you know, sidebar... I often worry about dying suddenly in the street or at a service station. And you, I've got no control over the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got no control over what yeah. song you die to. Mm. It could be something oh. awful. Who, who would you, what would you pick then if you had a choice? If I said, all right, you can choose your, your death song. Oh, my God. That's a, look, that's a whole other podcast. Well, right. it's, the, it's obviously five, six, seven, eight by steps. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not a difficult one, I don't know why you're struggling. That's the obvious correct answer. Well, I presume if that was the case, I would be in some terrible accident. There would have been a stampede or like that. That would be, or an earthquake. <laughs> It'd be like the, end of the, the start of The Lion King. Yeah, what's the bleakest song you could die to? Five, six, seven, eight by steps. <laughs> I think Fairground. No, scooting, baby. Oh! What? Fairground, Fairground by Simply Red. Oh, I see. I thought oh. you were thinking. I'm thinking Fairground Attraction, which is. I mean, that would be. Be alright. Be the worst. That was a huge hit. Perfect. Was yeah, that, it was. was. Was that around your time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. That's a bit early. No, that's a bit early. But I remember yeah. that clearly. I remember them doing it on top of the pops, and then miming and feeding each other bread, <laughs> and it was all a bit jape. You know, the top of the pots was fun, and they had balloons, and everyone was dancing. Yeah, love to. No, I love those and nobody top of the pops even. Day. Yeah, nobody. And the edgy pop stars, like you say, would come on and make no pretense at actually no. singing or playing an instrument. <laughs> yeah. just like waving guitars around like tennis rackets, just like, not that. even touching the strings. Cindy Lauper, just going for a wonder. Do you, do, I mean, this feels like a real old fart thing to say that people say all the time. But do you, pop music was more fun in the olden times. Oh, it was. Listen, it? it absolutely was. Yeah. I'm not. I, I think about this a lot because I think I, I don't take much interest in the charts. But let's say let's. Refer, I don't take any interest in the charts. <laughs> I say. But I heard there's that brilliant song that came out a couple of years ago, uh, "Blinding Lights" by The Weeknd, and I was like, "This is great. Why is this so great? Oh, maybe pop is still brilliant." And then I was like, "Well, hang on. It's kind of a parody. Not a parody, but it is essentially an '80s song mm, that yeah, he's yeah. done." I do think the '80s were the greatest era for pop. But anyway, that's another out on podcast no but it was because the breadth of music was so mm. astonishing yeah 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 absolutely and I think that's what was great about the top 40 I mean you watch those reruns of Top of the Pops and there's a lot of nonsense on there Mm. there's a lot of rubbish but it's such a like Dame Kiri Takanawa and then and then you've got like Two Unlimited and then you know all in the same show like I quite like that yeah and I guess you don't get that now and you don't sit down to watch video clips anymore as well no. like you don't because there was a great show in Australia called Rage and that would start at midnight on a Friday night and it would just play music clips all night until oh it got to God. the top 100 and then you'd sit at like 6am hungover and watch it you know leading that up to the number amazing. one yeah which was fantastic and and you just sort of you know you'd, you'd get the old ones overnight and different um, pop stars would curate or you know choose as you like to say Ellie yeah. as we all like to say <laughs> Can we talk about the word curate actually? Yeah, we, we went to a um, we went to a local restaurant here, and they said, "Oh, 
um, Fatboy Slim has curated the playlist. Oh, please. And we're like, yeah, he's chosen some songs. Yeah, he's yeah. put the playlist together. And I was very rude about it. Not to their faces, because they're, they're very nice people, but I was very rude behind their backs. <laughs> and then Jay Rayner wrote a review of the restaurant the other day and said, and this Fatboy Slim curated, he didn't curate me. He picked some shoes. Like, I was like, yes, I should be the food critic of the Observer. This is further evidence, is what I've always said. <laughs> further evidence. I like yeah. this. Is there a dossier? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'll, I will together. get that job. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> And, but there were events when they came out when you saw a new um, pop video as well. You waited yeah. for it. There was talk about it. It's like, it was fun, wasn't it? I yeah. love that. It's, it's such a great... I, I just think maybe pop music is a bit like Stiffle <laughs> in that it's... Maybe it will end. Yeah. Mm. And maybe that's okay. And maybe we were just really lucky. Mm. Yeah. And that also... we were just growing up in that time. Are we having a little bit of rose-tinted glasses? Because we... So the other day, we were trying to... Our Christmas show at the moment, and we are trying to do Feed the World, you know, yeah. do they know it's Christmas time, because why not? Mm. And uh, so we watched the video, and it's like Geldof goes in, and then, of course, it's Paul Young, and then it's Boy George, and then it's... Spandau Ballet. Yor, and then it's yeah, Tony yeah, Haddon. Yeah. And it's just all white dudes of a certain age yeah. singing. And then right at the end, they let Banana Rama in. <laughs> to do the backing vocals and you just think oh yeah it was like like many things were and still are just all run by white dudes then wasn't it oh yeah I mean there's no question that it was and I'm sure to be honest still is yeah Yeah. run by certainly I'm sure the people in power are white dudes yeah yeah Uh, I believe so yes I don't imagine I mean they're doing a marvellous job I mean they really are (laughs) thank god yay thank god they're there I mean at least the music then like you know Spandau Ballet True, Duran Duran has some bangers. Anyway, look, I, I just bore on about this eternally, no. so I won't do this. Else. But can we can we mention your you you actually got on stage with the Flaming Lips? Is this correct? I did do that. That was so. I so when I left Smash Hits, I was kind of bimbling around doing freelance stuff, freelance sub editor. So I would just go into various offices and do my Mac Monkey End, as you call it. Um, but then every now and then I'd do a bit of writing, and I found myself writing for this short-lived BBC website. Um, and everyone at that everyone at that time had to churn out a I danced on stage with the flaming lips dressed as a bear article because that was like their shtick and that's how they got easy coverage. So I did that. Uh, it was fun. It was quite liberating because mm. I'm quite I'm quite shy. That many authors are. I think many children's authors are. And uh, but if you put a bear head on me, blimey. Off yeah. she goes. Off I go. Oh, I just danced, danced away Ham- on the stage of the Hammersmith Apollo. Quite oh, a bit you should just venue. get one. Like if you had a job interview or something, that might be good to give you a bit of confidence. I'd feel 100% better if I could walk through life in a bear costume. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny you should mention it. I've, I've bought one. Uh, um, yes, and we'll, we'll send give it Give me the deets. Yeah. <laughs> also in our Christmas show, we're doing the, the Lily Allen, the John Lewis advert, you know, with the bear and the rabbit. And obviously... No, I don't. Adverts. Oh, oh no! Well, you'd have to come and see the show. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, anyway, mm. anyway. So, should we should we talk about your wonderful books, uh, Nadia? Yeah, let's go out and buy them all. So, how did you how did you get in? How did you launch yourself into the wonderful world of children's literature? Like most things in my life, it was meandering. Yeah, and sort of slow. Uh, I sort of got when when I was at Smash It, uh, I discovered. Uh, well, I was working with an Apple Mac computer. I didn't have one. And it had Photoshop on it, which is like a draw, a software, you know, well, everyone knows, knows what Photoshop is, I think. Um, and I was like, oh, look at this. You can draw. If you hold the mouse really carefully, you can draw a bear. Yeah. And I kind of remembered after years of not really drawing much that I used to like drawing. And I got a response from the people around me. They were like, oh, look, you drew a bear. And I was like, <laughs> right, 
I'd write a funny caption. Is it you on stage with the flaming lips? Yeah, it's a portrait. Yeah, and I and I and then I'd like write some funny words, and people would, oh, you're good at that. And then um, you know they used to give away stuff on the front of the magazines, like notebooks or oh fire, yeah, yeah. Fire oh, lip gloss, so many lip, lip gloss, yeah. exactly. And they were looking for. They were like, oh, we just want some funny animals here. Um, oh, that weird sub-editor likes drawing animals when she should be working. Let's ask her. So they got me to draw like a sheep and a bumblebee. And they were not, I cannot pretend that these were amazing drawings, but they did get printed up and there were thousands of them printed and plonked on the front of Smash Hits. So that's the first time I went, oh, what I do is a thing maybe, mm. or it could be. I'm going to become freelance and become an illustrator seven years later. <laughs> You know, I did, but being being freelance in magazine journalism just meant you were working all the time. So I did a few evening classes over the years. Eventually, I did a part-time MA uh, at Cambridge School of Art, which um, I almost failed. In fact, I met my old tutor the other week, and he confirmed that I did almost fail because it, it took two and a half years because I was doing it part-time. And MAs cost a lot of money. Mm. So I was kind of like paying like working to pay for the MA not having any time to study yeah um, you know it's a real privilege being able to do any kind of higher education and uh, for the last three months my husband my ex-husband now but uh, at the time said look you've put in a lot of time and a lot of energy that just stop working for three months and give it you know go full whack and don't because he knew that I, and I knew as well I'd be so sad if after all that time I failed mm. at something um, so I went for it and made a little picture book and weirdly at the graduation show it got a big response and I I mean I I just wanted to not fail because I'm quite a goody two shoes mm. uh, and in, in the event I came away with lots of phone numbers and people emailing me with book deals amazing wow. which was nuts it was amazing but it was nuts and unexpected so can you tell us about some of the characters that you use in your children's uh, picture books well picture books were generally animal based so my mm. first ever picture book was called Good Little Wolf which got it got some attention because it's got quite a, a downbeat ending <laughs> basically it features a very cute good little wolf and he, he dies at, spoiler alert he dies at the end um, this was good for me in some ways because it got the book noticed and I was like oh who's this Nadi Shireen person but very bad for my Amazon rating because they're very lots of quite angry parents oh really yeah who were like my little Billy was so upset but the trick with that book is I don't spell out that the character dies you can it's implied ah. and if a child is not ready to deal with that darkness they don't see it yeah. they just go oh well, the wolf went to the shops and then Mark Owen came out and then and then Mark Owen comes out and sings four minutes. a nuclear yeah. war anthem. No, the um, problem the problem would be when parents would go, "Do you understand, little Timmy, that Rolf is been eaten by a big bad wolf?" And then the child would be upset. So it's like, well, don't spell it out, you. Yeah. And um, what was the thinking? Those? Why, why did you think? Well, I'm, I'm going to put a death in my first children's book. That's it, not a. It wasn't like a conscious. It just kind of. That's just how it developed. I just thought it'd be funny. Yeah. And, and <laughs> is the simple answer. I, I'm really. I try and keep it simple with when I make any of my books I'm serving two people me because I'm an extremely horrible harsh judge of myself and um, and the child the reader I'm loyal to them before I'm loyal to their parents and mm, um, that's how I want it to be yeah. I don't want to start moralising or being you know I've had a couple of people say oh why do you put chips in your book but at the end of Billy and the Beast they go off to get chips and they're like oh, 
It's a bit unhealthy, isn't it? I'm like, it's chip. They're chips. Who doesn't like chips? Who doesn't like chips? Why chips wouldn't are good. you be happy and celebrate by eating a hot bag of chips with your mates? Mm. Yeah. And that's what I'm about. <laughs> you know, I don't want to start. And it's relatable. You're like, oh, off. let's chop up some carrots, everyone, and we'll have those and make our own hummus. It's just boring. Mm. It's like we don't do that to each other. Like we consume all sorts of nonsense on telly, mm. or you know, we read crappy magazines or we read whatever why does everything have to why is you know why do we have to spoon feed kids with this kind of eat your greens thing mm. they're really funny kids are much funnier than I think adults give them credit for yeah. so, I'd like to see Charlie and Lola on 20 Lambert and Butler a day I <laughs> yeah. think let's get really real let's you know people like smoking why not why let's, not let's, let's why do it why the heck not um, <laughs> imagine if everybody in the magic far away tree had been pissed all the time <laughs> fucking brilliant I think, well, I think, I think they probably are I yeah. think they're quite high actually uh, yeah, I think there's some other stuff going on in the magic yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a very strange book yeah, yeah very strange um yeah and and obviously like billy uh the character is she does she look a little bit like you because she's got this amazing afro. yeah she's yeah. basically me if i'd been braver as a little girl so as i said when i was a kid i was deeply shy essentially mute and i was very shy of this big black curly hair that i have and i would mm. like make my mum get it cut really short my mum bless her didn't know what to do with it because she's like what is this I don't know um, would like be washing it with Vosine which is obviously really bad for my for curly hair um, and I was always wearing like baseball caps or like trying to hide and I thought wow wouldn't it be great if, if when I was a kid I hadn't felt like that you know I'd been mm. kind of brave and bold so that's really the extent of the thought that went into Billy is like me but braver yeah and then obviously she came out that Billy and the Beast came out um, 2017 I want to say and since then there's been a much bigger conversation about representation in children's books and you know I'm happy to be part of that conversation but um, ultimately I just think we need more of everything yeah you know I I don't think I think people can get a bit tied up in knots about oh this book should be performing that job and we need this book to represent that and I think just we want abundance we want more choice and um, not every book featuring a non-white character needs to be earnest or kind of worthy they can also be funny and and it doesn't need to be the point of the book we just need choice it's slowly changing I think Um, I've still been asked you know sometimes I'm told to pin down oh well you're you're British Pakistani so is Billy uh, of the same ethnicity is she South Asian or is she black? Is she Afro-Caribbean? Or is she... And I'm like, you know what? No one says, a Charlie and Lola Irish? Yeah. Or are they English? Or are they French? Like, literally nobody has to answer that question. So mm. Probably French because they smoke so much, that'd be yeah. my guess. Yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Surely fags. That's why they're so thin. Just croissants and cigarettes. Yeah. I will yeah. never, ever, not ever eat no, yeah, a no, tomato, yeah. ever. But I will have the cigarette. <laughs> But I think that's it, is it? Because we got sent some books the other day by a great company called Little Box of Books. And oh, their thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah, they send out books, yeah, as I'm sure yeah. you, sounds like you know, um, that feature black characters and characters, yeah. Asian characters and characters from other ethnic minorities. And they sent this press release with it saying, you know, 33% of the kids in our schools are, you know, not white. Mm. And yet only, I think it is something nuts like 1% of the kids in 
like books are not yeah not it's awful it's so awful. it's it's bananas and their whole thing is as well like you're saying it shouldn't just be about diversity for the sake of tokenism it should just be books that have characters in who are black who yeah. just happen to be black, mm. black and that's not the reason for the book or the, the it doesn't drive the plot but that's just a thing but do you think things are improving I don't it's very hard to say I don't know because the industry is a huge sprawling thing and I'm just very much you know I'm like I don't know what's going on I don't chat to I don't chat to publishing bigwigs I'm just making my books so I'm not sure uh, I'm ho- I think people make more noise about it which is good I think people are, are more mindful of it but I don't know how much progress has been made it's also I should say important that non uh, the, sorry that the white kids see, see mm. non-white kids too because you know all my life I just grew up consuming media that featured white people and that was fine I didn't question it mm. I just accepted it and it's like I think that gets left out of the conversation sometimes um, I want my Billy books to be in, and I know that they are enjoyed by like you know Small white children. Yeah, <laughs> my, like, my own small hooray. white children do love <laughs> yeah. the Billy book. My my, my small white child Joe absolutely yes. loves it. So yes. well done, my child. <laughs> well done, because it's it's about time white men had something for them. Thank you for doing that. It's about time. It's their turn. It's their uh, turn. Have you got? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A Scummy Mummy's confession for us. I was thinking about this. So it needs to be like parenting based, doesn't it? Or, or it could be your own humiliation. We're, we're, we're very much Well, that. we'd be here all day. I mean, I was thinking about parenting based. I mean, I let my child fall on top of my laptop. I remember when he was a baby. Like, there are lots of things like that where I just let drop my some child, of the calf to my baby. Let my child fall is a, is a nice way of saying dropped, isn't it? That's yeah. what we're saying. It's a polite way of saying dropped. Now, I did run this past my son this morning and he was like, you did what? <laughs> I was like, it's fine. You were fine. He was like, but it could have hurt. That was metal. I was like, that was just a little laptop. <laughs> it was fine. But I was so, he didn't like to sleep as a baby. So I was fully tonto when he was born and like for the next two years. Yeah. Uh, so there was sleep deprivation, just the worst thing. So there were many fails in that time where we did almost die. Like mm. I could try and like make a joke out of it. But I remember once staggering, like crossing, in the road with him in a pushchair and a car stopping and honking because I was just about to walk in front of a car that's a bit downbeat isn't it oh, no, no, but no, it's no. the truth yeah, it's, it's, speak your truth 
I'm speaking uh, my truth. And then I've both talked about it because neither of us had children that slept. And just, yeah, just being completely just out of it. And you said you remember driving. Yeah. And when you thought, I really shouldn't be driving. Mm. Oh, no, I remember not getting in the... I remember getting in the car and going, I can't do this. I'm mm. too tired. Mm. And getting out of the car and ringing my mum and saying, I can't I can't drive over today because it's not safe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting yeah. in the car going, is this a steering wheel? Is it, what's a brake, brake pedal? Is that the brake pedal? No, but, no, it's no, ma- no. but it's a massive thing. And like, oh, those people with children that sleep, like I never want to hear from them. No, I'm, I'm happy for you if that's true. But it, but it's not, not really because it, no. it actually fundamentally changes your personality and your character. And I do sometimes look. Often I'll look at photos of my child when he in his early months and years and like weep mm. and go. I wish I could remember being there mm. because I don't remember any of it. <laughs> uh, because it was one long parenting fail. It feels like that first couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't. But I've got no. I've got very little proof <laughs> otherwise. Um, mm. But what it does mean is that now he's eight and I try my best to be a lot kinder to myself. And I remember that like in 10 years time, I'll be looking back at pictures of him when he was eight and be like, oh, I wish I could remember that time. So I try very hard now to be in the moment, but kind of do more of that, of just Mm. going, he is eight. It is brilliant. And, you know, soon he will be nine. And that is brilliant. And and I try and do more of that um, to make up for the endless parenting fail with the early years mm. the laptop incident the <laughs> laptop incident yeah but symbolic of just a general daily fail yeah hey we're, we're, this that's our whole stick now. i was gonna say <laughs> you made, made a good career company. and money out of it <laughs> yes. Hurrah. Yes. Uh, there we go yeah. oh well there we go we better we better end it i feel like we could chat all day especially yeah. now it's bloody quiet for the last i know, I know. Days, I, know. I know seven well, precious know, minutes it's been an absolute pleasure oh thank my you God. so much and so your books your books my book, so Grimwood is the book that I need all your listeners to go out and buy just because at the moment all the famous comedians called David are like doing really well and like the quieter people called Nadia from Telford are not doing as well. So can you run out and buy Grimwood? Make me famous. Get me on Graham Norton. Yes, that's what, that and is the dream. Grimwood, there will be a World Book Day special of Grimwood. So when your kids get that bleeding token in March, you, they can skip out and get a free Grimwood book. Oh, get your Grimwood but Amazon Prime Day as we always call Amazon it Amazon Prime Day exactly <laughs> right, right. Yes. And, and what age group is Grimwood so that's like six seven plus mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to put a limit on it but you could read it to like a five year old yeah. it's a heavily illustrated uh, chapter book that sounds perfect for my 10 year old very actually. silly v silly yeah excellent alright well I will, I will now buy a copy which I should have bought before we saw each other <laughs> how dare you uh, excellent and um, yeah I adore Billy and the Beast and I Thank love you. Barbara Thoseworth as Thank well. You that very was much. I like books about angry women. You know. Ah, oh, just sweet Barbara though. Yeah. I'm like, I've had a big response from women saying, uh, "Wow, I'm feeling Barbara." It's like, yeah, me too, mate. I mean, I'm a middle-aged woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Barbara most days. I'm, I'm angry a lot of the time. Yeah, and I've got better. I'm more Margot, but I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is it. well, Nadia. Thank you so much. And where can people find you on the internet? I'm. Uh, for my sins, I'm on Twitter at, at Nadia Shireen, and that's it. I think I'm on Instagram, but I don't use it much. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. No. You're really selling it in there, yeah. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> Nadia know, Shireen draws. Nadia Shireen draws. I am on Instagram, but and I post every now and then. Yeah, excellent. Lovely. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Lovely to meet you, and thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye! Bye! Your 
fine. You're, you're fucking off to Sheffield, yes. which, is, which is where you both went to university. And I love the fact that you probably orbited each other for many years. I know, we probably did. Yeah, did, you go to, did you go to, to Stomp? Same, I'm pretty much the same as me. Oh. So did you go to Stomp at the Student Union for Indie Disco? Oh, well, I was more love... What's it called? Love Pop Shack. Tarts. Love Shack and Pop Tarts. I also my frequented thing. Love Shack and Pop Tarts. Oh. Did oh. you see... A brown girl with big hair get very excited whenever Take On Me came on. <laughs> we almost certainly danced together. <laughs> I remember falling over quite dramatically just to those opening beats of Take On Me. Did you I wasn't see... near the dance floor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see a girl also with curly hair, uh, like me, but much, much thinner, just constantly smoking? <laughs> Just always smoking. That How would have been me. How did we not meet? How well, did we very not easily. die of lung cancer, we asked ourselves? Um, and yes. can we please talk about the curry house? So when we did a gig in Sheffield a couple of years ago, in the coldest venue in the entire world, um, Ellie took me after the show to a curry house that was never closed. And there was a man that was... Um, it's just like a quiz question. Name that I'm curry house. Guess. Well, I'll guess. Balti King. Balti King. <laughs> <laughs> the king of all Balties. Available only now at Balti King. Oh, did you like Balti King? No. <laughs> no, well, can I tell you for why? Awful. Can I tell you for why? Because I am, um, as I've mentioned, I'm of Pakistani descent. So every single night at home, boring, another pan of rice and freshly cooked dal and like two fresh curries. Oh, mum. <laughs> <laughs> And when I went away to university, it was a rude shock. It was like, oh my God, I feasted like a queen yeah. for the last 18 years of my life. Now yeah. what? I have to live like you people. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, we're going to go for a curry. I'm like, go for a curry. I've never gone for a curry. I haven't needed to ever go for a curry in my life. Because that just means go downstairs. <laughs> so we went to Baltic King. It was the most depressed. I was horrified. I was like, this, what is this? I'm not, look, I'm not going to pretend the food was in any way great, <laughs> never mind authentic, but they did serve lager till three o'clock in the morning. That's my kind that's of place. That's what it was known for, I yeah, think. Yeah, that was, I, I went in there many, many times because, as you'll remember, Love Shack finished at two and then you would have to walk past Balti King to get Where to the Where was Love Shack? Residence. Was Love Shack at the thingy? It was in the octagon, wasn't it? In the octagon. Yeah. Oh, it's all very vaguely coming what, back. What I really liked was Ellie was like, now he does a special kind of... Um, what do you call condiment with the papa dumps and it was chopped up raw onion in ketchup very nice very very tangy classic oh. indian dish which i'm sure your mother would make every day as oh i'm well. sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Goes just with everything. stir the onion into the ketchup um yeah no i mean no offense to the baltican dudes i wonder if it's still going it is still good because we I, I made helen oh, of course go you there went. when yes, we went yeah. back to sheffield how, for how did it stand up? and tony the owner he's still there and he claimed to remember me I suspect he says that, he says that to everyone, all the girls and the boys. Yeah, um, but it is still going. It's, it's an institution. It. It's an institution, but and we, the food was as we remember. Okay, it, yeah, it was okay. It was classic. Yeah, very good. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.